Hello and welcome to another episode of the Highway to Health show. Unfortunately, given the circumstances that we are all living in right now, um, we've had to make a change in our uh, schedule, uh, publishing schedule, to talk about the coronavirus or COVID-19 as a lot of people have been uh, referring to it. And I'll explain why and what's the difference between coronavirus and the specific name and COVID. Um, this is something that has really taken the world by storm, despite uh, this disease starting out in China late last year. Um, a lot of the rest of the world didn't really pay a lot of attention to it. Uh, we thought, well, it's a really, really bad situation, too bad for the Chinese. I'm sure they'll be able to contain it. But now it's really affecting all of us. And it's time for everyone to take measures. I'm seeing a lot of misinformation out there, which is... Um, it's really saddening and it's really disheartening when we see uh, doctors are out in the forefront, they're risking their health and they're busy right now caring for patients and the people who are communicating are just just creating hysteria and 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 that's not what we what we should be going for so in this episode i want to answer the most common questions that you may have about uh, covid19 as a patient as a potential patient and share with you some of the most common questions that i've been getting and obviously we have to start with the symptoms of coronavirus uh covid uh COVID-19. And um, we're going to talk about the different uh, symptoms that you may have. We're going to talk about the differences that those symptoms have with the symptoms that you may find in the flu and the seasonal flu and and, and just a regular cold. Uh, we are going to talk about uh, going to the hospital as well. Uh, when should you go to the hospital? Why should you go to the hospital in certain cases? And why should you not go to the hospital in, in some of their cases? When to go to your doctor's office and when to stay at home? So we're going to, we're going to discuss those and we're going to dissect those and break them apart so that you can understand really, uh, the reasoning behind it. I see that not a lot of emphasis has been put in educating people and letting them know why certain measures are being taken. They're just saying, just stay home. Uh, but, but if people don't really fully understand why they're being asked to stay home, then it's really difficult for them to, to carry, uh, to carry these, these instructions forward. Um, that's why I want to do this and, and, and answer these questions. We're also going to talk about the different reasons uh, or the different recommendations that are being given out and what is the reasoning behind them. So for instance, why are we being asked to keep social distance despite us not having symptoms or despite the people that we want to be near not having symptoms? We're going to go deep into this uh, one particular thing because I see a lot of people still spreading misinformation. I saw um, a senator or, or some somebody in, in office uh, say yesterday that, that you should go, uh, if, if you're healthy, you should go to your local restaurant and there's nothing more idiotic uh, than that, that kind of recommendation. We're going to break it down uh, as to why. And we're also going to be talking about the comparison, I, I keep seeing people in the media and, and, and people in general, when you look at social media, still compare this to the flu, right? And people saying like, oh, I've had the flu and it's 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 a bad couple of days, but then, then it's gone. And, and we're going to talk about the differences here. And despite the fact that the flu does seem to be uh, deadlier than, than COVID-19, why it is so important to stop the spread, okay? And to try to curve 
uh, to flatten that curve. All right. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, before we get into that, I want to remind you that we are still moving forward with our health coaching. Uh, it's very, very important for you to stay healthy. Uh, we have different uh, coaching packages. Uh, I do have, as of now, I do have one or two more openings for one-on-one. I, I was at the limit, but now, given the fact that uh, myself, just like you, um, have found myself with some additional time in my hands, I've opened up a, a few additional spots uh, for one-on-one coaching, and our group coaching programs are still available. If you'd like to learn more and to apply, just head on over to dre.show forward slash coach and um, just fill the application. I'll be in touch in, in, in a day or two and we can take it from there. And remember, you are on the highway to health and I'm your guide to get you there. Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices, cutting edge nutrition and fitness for the entire family? Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the stem cell guy, where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, Dr. E. All right, everyone, welcome back. Now, the first question that I that I that I get, a lot of people have heard about this. They think of of, of a flu. They think of um, these different uh, respiratory symptoms, and it's it's really important for us to really explain because nobody has really taken the time, I think, to do this and to break them down. So the most common symptoms right now, or not right now, but the most common symptoms of uh, coronavirus infection or the COVID. Uh, by the way, the difference when we talk about coronavirus is the virus itself and COVID is the coronavirus disease. And Dash 19, it's it's the way that epidemiologists have uh, classified it as coronavirus disease of 2019. It's kind of like the difference between AIDS and HIV, where HIV is the virus and AIDS is the disease. So um, keep that in mind when we're talking about one or the other. Uh, a lot of people are using these terms interchangeably, um, but they're but they're different, correct? So, what are the symptoms of COVID nineteen? Now, the most common symptoms are fever, dry cough, sore throat, fatigue, and muscle aches. Now, this does not mean that you need to have all of those. Not everyone presents with all of those. By far, the most common one, over eighty percent of patients with COVID have this, is a fever. Now, you can have a combination of the other ones in, in, in conjunction with a fever. Less common, but still part of the COVID uh, disease is uh, headaches, um, cough, productive cough, especially if it's blood, and diarrhea. Okay, those, those are not commonly presented, but some patients with COVID have had uh, any of these ones. Now, here is where the, if, if you look at these symptoms, you might be thinking, well, it's pretty much the same as the flu, and, and you'd be right. Uh, the flu presents with pretty much the same symptoms uh, as, as what I've just shared about COVID. The difference is that the flu usually has also either a runny or stuffy nose, and you, you usually are also sneezing a lot. So if you're fever, feeling feverish, if you have cough, if you are feeling uh, muscle aches, but you're also having a runny nose or you're also sneezing a lot, it is most likely to be the flu. Okay, it's not necessarily COVID-19. Now, 
regardless of whether it's one or the other, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit of further detail, the treatment is pretty much the same. Okay, there is there's not really any treatment specific for the viral infection. The treatment is based on mitigating your symptoms so that you can uh, pass the time while your body's fighting the viral infection, uh, which usually in the case of coronavirus takes about two weeks. In the case of the flu, it is about a week. All right. So it is very, very important to understand these differences. Uh, it doesn't require antibiotics. Neither the flu nor coronavirus require antibiotics unless either one of them gets complicated and you develop pneumonia or you develop some other respiratory infection. And in those cases, then you do require antibiotic. But other than that, you don't need to go out and, and get antibiotics. You don't need a prescription. Um, you probably are, are, are going to be fine with just drinking plenty of fluids and probably getting just an over-the-counter um, pain medication, pain reliever, and um, medication for temperature if, if that's the way you want to go. Now, let's go on to the next part, which is really, really important. What if you're having these symptoms? What should you do if you're having any of these symptoms? Well, if you're having a fever, if you're having a cough, if you're having any of these things, Number one, it does not mean that you have coronavirus. Keep something in mind. We are heading into spring. So as we head into spring, what also starts happening? We start getting a lot of seasonal allergies. And you might confuse some of these seasonal allergies with some of the symptoms for coronavirus or even for the flu. Okay, especially when you start talking about sneezing, when you start talking about um, stuffy or runny noses. So keep that in mind. It doesn't necessarily mean that just because you have a fever, just because you have a cough, that you are suddenly getting uh, coronavirus and you start getting all stressed. Now, even if you did have coronavirus, there is no reason for you to start panicking it and to start getting stressed. Here are the first things that you need to do. First thing you need to figure out if you start having any of these symptoms and respiratory distress, which means difficulty breathing. If you feel like despite your, despite the fact that you're breathing, you don't, you feel like you're, you, you still need air or you straight up cannot bring in air. You, you feel your airways closing. Then regardless of any of the other symptoms, right then and there, you need to call 911 if you're alone or if you are with somebody who can drive you to the hospital, you need to ask them to drive you to the hospital and go to the ER. Doesn't matter if it's day or night, a weekend or weekday, you need to go to the ER. If you're having difficulty breathing, that is not the time to start thinking about finding your doctor and seeing if he'll answer your texts or trying to call his office, just go to the hospital, all right? Now that we've taken that out of the way, if you do not have respiratory distress and you have the rest of the symptoms that we've just described of coronavirus infection, such as a fever, uh, body aches, dry cough, um, a muscle m m fatigue, if you have those symptoms, all right, and you don't have respiratory distress, here's what you need to do. Here's what I suggest you do. Also, keep in mind, this is if you do not have any other chronic diseases such as asthma, COPD, uh, autoimmune disorders, uh, anything that will lower your, your immune system, cancer, if you're, if you're uh, under chemotherapy, if you're undergoing chemotherapy or radiation therapy, anything like that that will normally wipe out your immune system. Um, if you don't have any of those conditions, but you still have 
uh, fever or you still have cough and you believe that it might be coronavirus for whatever reason, whether it is because you've been exposed to somebody who's been diagnosed with coronavirus or because you've been to any of these countries in the last couple of days, then what you need to do if you are feeling otherwise well and you don't have respiratory distress, call your doctor. Call your doctor's office and ask them whether you should go or not. They will more likely than not put you on the phone with a triage nurse, triage nurse or with a uh, nurse practitioner or with another mid-level at the office, maybe even with a doctor. If you have one of these uh, concierge practices or if you have any of these telemedicine uh, practices and they will they will walk you through a couple of questions. They have your medical history. So some of these things that I'm saying, these are very generic recommendations. So you need to get your specific recommendations based on your medical history. That's why you need to call your doctor's office and they'll tell you what the next steps are. More likely than not, they'll tell you to stay home, to rest, to self-isolate, to to not go out, get plenty of fluids, maybe get a painkiller, and that's about it. Or they might tell you to do come in, all right? But first call them. What Here's what you should not do if you have these symptoms and you do not have respiratory distress. You should not rush to the hospital. Remember, there's people in the hospitals that need urgent care. They may have respiratory distress. They may have other conditions. We, we need to remember that not because we're in this COVID outbreak, suddenly there's no more heart attacks and suddenly there's no more cancer. Suddenly there's no more strokes. There are all these things still happening and people will need hospital services. And we're going to touch upon this a little bit further down in, in the other questions that, that I have prepared for this episode. But it is very important to not overwhelm and oversaturate our health system. Okay, so number one that you should not do is run to the hospital. What's the second thing that you should not do is just show up in your doctor's office. Don't just don't just get in the car, panic and just go to your doctor's office for two reasons. One, maybe you do have the virus and then you show up in your doctor's office and you're exposing everyone there who's not prepared to see somebody who might have the virus and you're exposing other patients who might have other conditions and you're exposing everyone that you encounter on your way to the to the doctor's office all right what if you don't have the virus well then you're exposing yourself just by going out of there and you might find somebody who does have the virus in the doctor's office just by grabbing the same pen that they used to check in just by sitting in the same seat just by being near other people so if you don't have respiratory distress if you don't have difficulty breathing if you don't have other chronic disorders that might require immediate attention such as uh, copd and asthma and all those things call your doctor's office before you head out ideally I would recommend you sign up for one of these telemedicine providers. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of loss, a lot of bills are being uh, expedited to allow for providers to practice telemedicine. A lot of us physicians who are in other parts of the world, we are also offering our services right now uh, as as triage for a lot of people who might be having these symptoms to consult us, ask us questions, and we'll help you figure out what your next step should be. Now. Let's assume that you find yourself with these symptoms and you are already at home and you're not feeling otherwise bad. You might have a little bit of, a, of muscle aches and you might have a little bit of a fever, but it's not too bad. What should you do? Well, you don't necessarily need to run out and get tested. 
That's the other thing that I keep hearing a lot. Like, well, I do have them. I feel okay. I should just go get it the, the test. And I know that in our mind, we just want to know whether it is uh, COVID or whether it is the flu or, or what it is that we have. Here's my recommendation as to why you should not do that before you talk to your doctor or, or a health professional in, in, in a practice. The treatment does not change. The, the results for the test takes a few, take a few days to get to you. Okay, so you'll go out there, you'll expose yourself, you'll probably potentially expose other people, they'll test you, it involves a, a swab and your mouth and your nose, and then they'll send it out for testing. It takes a couple of days. While that result has been, has been evaluated, they'll still tell you to stay home for two weeks. That's not going to change. The treatment that they're going to send to you, that they're going to prescribe, whether it is whether you're positive for coronavirus or you're not positive for coronavirus, is essentially the same. So, in my opinion, if you just have a little bit of a fever, if you just have a little bit of, a, of a muscle aches, you feel otherwise well, and you call your doctor's office and they say that you shouldn't go in and you don't necessarily need to get tested, don't go get tested. Don't, don't, don't push them. Don't pressure them into, into giving you a test. There's not enough tests for everyone to go around. And like I said, you're just exposing yourself and somebody else by going out. Now, if you decide to stay home, let people around you know. There is a two-week incubation period, which basically means that it takes about two weeks for you to carry the virus and to be able to spread that virus before you even start showing symptoms. Now, here's what makes it even scarier. Children, a lot of the times, are asymptomatic, which means that they will not have any symptoms and they will already be spreading the disease. So this is why it's very, very important for you to stay stay home and to start contacting. If you start getting any of these symptoms and you call your, your provider and they believe that you might have coronavirus or that it might be the coronavirus and they recommend you stay home, you might also want to start contacting people you've been in touch in the last week or so and let them know about this. Let them know that, you know what, that you're getting some symptoms, that you spoke to your healthcare professionals and that they believe it might be, uh, it might be COVID and they are asking you to stay home so that they can also stay home. They can also take their precautions and they can also stop the spread of the disease. Okay. If you live with other people, if you live with other people and they don't have any symptoms, but you do have symptoms and you believe it might be coronavirus, here's the easiest thing. Just try to stay isolated as much as possible. It doesn't mean that you just need to lock yourself in your room, um, but don't avoid close contact. Obviously, handshakes and, and kisses and hugs and all those things, uh, don't do them right now. Wear a mask and don't get any closer than three feet or one meter from, from other people and try to not share bathrooms. Try to not share um, the mug, the, the, the you know drinking glasses, the your, your, your mugs, your pens. Uh, if you're working at home, your keyboard, your mouse, all those things that you might that you might be touching, uh, don't share them with other people. Be extra careful uh, disinfecting all of them uh, after every use. Okay, uh, and don't go outside. Like seriously, guys, just just stay home. Uh, there's no need to go outside and start infecting everything. And you might say like, well, what if I just go out to the balcony by myself? If I have symptoms and the rest of the people don't have symptoms at home and you go out to the balcony. Well, what's going to happen is that you're going to be touching things there, right? And unless you're incredibly careful and you start completely wiping everything down after you go outside, then somebody else might come in and touch things. And, and let's face it, we touch our faces all the time. We touch things and we touch our faces. So you might just be spreading it. And, and remember that, that gives two weeks 
to incubate in that new person. And so it, it, it just keeps going. That's why it's so, so, so important to, to be mindful, to be careful and to make these decisions based on what other people uh, or on, on the fact that there's other people around us and we need to stop the disease. Now, that brings me back to the question. Why am I being asked to keep this social distance if I don't have symptoms? A lot of people are saying, and, 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 and this person in office that was on TV yesterday, uh, saying that you should go to the restaurant. He, he specifically said, well, if you're healthy, then there's no reason for you to go out to a restaurant. Yes, there is a reason. And the reason is two weeks of incubation period. You might be healthy right now. But it doesn't mean that you don't have the virus and that you're already spreading it. Same thing with the person sitting on the table next to you. Same thing to the person uh, on the other side of the room. Same thing with the other people who are using the gym. Every single gym should be closed by now. There's no reason to be huffing and puffing in public right now, uh, especially when it's such a, such a confined spaces. So don't go out. Don't go to restaurants. Don't go to gyms. Don't go to the mall. Uh, if you need to go shopping, just go shopping, go in, go out. Try to stay as 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 little bit uh, as possible as, as as outside, so that you're not getting um, getting exposed. And in case that you have the virus, so that you're not spreading it. Here's here's the smartest thing for us to do. If you're responsible, you need to assume that you might that you might have the virus, and that every time you go out, you might be exposing other people. And that'll that'll make you change your mind. Now, who are the population at the biggest risk? Well, the elderly. If you have family members, if you have relatives who are over the age of 70, they're, they're at risk. If you have relatives, if you have friends, if you have family who have other chronic disorders such as uh, obesity, such as diabetes, such as uh, heart disease, such as cancer, uh, autoimmune disorders, these people are at higher risk. So if you assume that you might have been in contact with somebody in the past who can have passed the virus to you, then you're going to be a lot more mindful of spreading it out there. Okay. So always, 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 always keep this in mind. Uh, it, it makes things so much smarter when we're thinking that, well, you know what? I might have the virus and I don't know. So I'm going to be responsible. Now onto the next point. I keep hearing and a lot of people have been telling me this. Well, you know what? I saw the numbers and the flu kills more people in a day than coronavirus does. And why are we taking these seemingly extreme measures about this whole situation? And, and that's true. The numbers, the mortality rate of the flu is, is, is pretty high. But, but there's, there, there are a couple of things that worry us about coronavirus. Number one, it is a new disease, which means that none of us have immunity to it. There is no vaccine to it. Okay. It is spreading rapidly. Keep in mind that the numbers that we're seeing right now of people who have symptoms, who are diagnosed are about two weeks old, right? Because everyone who has the, who, who, who has, who currently has symptoms, who was, who was diagnosed today got in touch with the virus at least one, like probably two weeks before they started having symptoms. So right now, we already have people who have been in touch with them who won't be showing symptoms until in about two weeks. But during these two weeks, they will be spreading it. That is why there is such an emphasis on asking everyone 
to stay home as much as possible so that we are not spreading. We need to assume that we have the virus so that we don't continue spreading it. Here's what's going to happen. And here's what public health officials are very scared about. If the virus keeps spreading as fast as it's spreading, despite it not being as deadly as the flu or as other viruses, it has still got the potential to collapse our entire health system. Let me say that again. If the virus continues infecting at the rate that it is infecting and growing at the rate that it is growing, despite it not being as deadly as other infections, it has the potential of collapsing our healthcare system. Let me just say, let me just give you the numbers so that you can understand this. Let's assume, let's assume in a country of 350 million people like the United States, that 75% of them, 75% of them do get the infection. That's that's the estimates that if it keeps growing, about 70% of them of, of, of a population will get uh, coronavirus, right? So we're talking about 280 million, 300 million, if, if my math's not right, which might very well be, uh, but just just let's just stay conservative. Let's assume that it is 250 million people, right? Now, let's assume that out of those 250 million people, let's once again be conservative and assume that only 1% of them are going to require hospitalization and or ventilators. That's a conservative estimate. We're seeing up to three, maybe even 5% considering the population that we currently have in the United States and in most of Latin America, which is uh, very obese, uh, very overweight, a lot of chronic disorders. So let's just stay with 1% at 250 million. That's 250,000 people who are going to need hospitalization. Now, the problem is that the hospitals are already at about 60 to 70% capacity if we take an average of all the hospitals in the country. There's not enough beds to care for the people who are going to get gravely ill. And you're going to start seeing in the US and Mexico and Latin America and Canada, you're going to start seeing what has been happening in Italy and what's going to start happening in Spain, which is that people with even severe coronavirus uh, symptoms, they will be triaged and not everyone will be getting treatment. Hospitals will have to decide who has the highest probability, who has the highest likelihood of recovering, and they will get care. And those who are the worst, they will not get cared for. That is going to happen if we all get the disease at the same time. Remember, the objective is not necessarily to avoid more people getting it. It is to avoid a lot of people getting it at the same time. That's why we want to practice social distancing. That's why we want to flatten the curve. That's what you keep hearing. The curve is growing exponentially, right? Which means that if we have two cases, that's that's another thing about coronavirus. Coronavirus has the ability for every person that has it to infect three other people. So if if we have one, then we've got three, and then we've got nine, and then we've got 27, and it grows exponentially. So what we're trying to do is flatten that curve. And if we can flatten that curve so that not a lot of people are getting it at the same time, it's not growing exponentially, then we will be able to get past it. Because like you very well have noticed, and like you have very well seen, this is not a super deadly disease, okay? Most of us will, will go through it just fine. But the 1% who need help we need to ensure that we have enough beds in the hospital for them. 
All right. So I hope these have answered your questions. If you have been asked to stay at home, if you have had classes canceled, if you've been told to work from home, this is not a vacation. Even if you can afford it, don't just grab your family and go out on a cruise ship. Don't just grab your family and, and go down to Florida, um, you know, to spend a couple of days there. That's not the smart thing to do. That's not the conscious thing to do. That's not the responsible thing to do. Our job right now, if you're not a health professional who's listened to this and who's on the front lines caring for people, the rest of us, our job is to stay home. The rest of us need to stop the progression of this infection. Okay, so I hope this has answered your questions. Um, next week, we will go back to the regular uh, schedule. If you have questions, specific questions about coronavirus, you should know that I'm also doing a, a live on Facebook and on Instagram and on LinkedIn. Although on LinkedIn, it's not live. I publish it right afterwards. Um, just Just a short update less than 10 minutes every day. Um, and I'm going to do that for the next couple of days just to keep everyone informed. I see there's a lot of misinformation um, about there's a lot of sensationalism in the media. And like I very well said earlier, doctors and health professionals are busy caring for a lot of patients. So most of the information, a lot of the information that we're seeing out there is passed through the lens of sensationalism and through the lens of needing people to click on it and, and it, it, it's just overhyped and usually not accurate. So what I'm going to be doing over the next couple of days is I am going to be sharing these short little updates. If you want to stay up to date with those, you can follow me at Dr. E. Show forward slash Facebook. That's for the Facebook page or Dr. E. Show forward slash Instagram. And that's to follow me on my Instagram. Um, and I'll be happy to answer your questions there. You can send them my way. You can, you can participate live. These happen early in the morning. I think it is, I think it is like 6 a.m. Pacific and 9 a.m. Uh, Eastern. It's at 2 p.m. here in Spain. So, so just keep, just keep an eye out for those and, uh, send us your questions. I look forward to getting back to normal and together we can definitely do this. Um, you have questions? Let me know. Have a great rest of the week. I'll see you here next week. Thank you for listening to Dr. E's Highway to Health show, helping you learn the science of living ageless. Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Dr. E wants to hear from you. Go to dre.show. Again, that's dre.show. Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless.